Hey there, welcome to another episode of Career Retrospectives right here on the Superview Show Network. I'm joined by my two incredible good friends, Kyle and Mike. What's going on, guys? Hey, what's up, guys? Yo, what's going on? Back again. We are back, back again. Make sure you go, make sure everyone starts drunk driving, everyone. We support it. We endorse it. Just kidding. We don't endorse it. No, 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 no. No, just kidding. That's an inside joke for another time. Anyways. Uh, no, no. As the title of this podcast suggests, tonight and on our stream tonight, we're going to be breaking down Mike's pick. We spun the wheel, and uh, we're going to be talking as the wheel landed on CeeLo Green's The Lady Killer from 2010. Um, as volunteer by tribute, Kyle has agreed to go first on this one, and uh, we are cautiously optimistic and excited to see where this goes from here so and we, are, we Mike, advocate killing of ladies as well as oh yeah well, we, well we, we, we support all that kidding. Just, you know, no, just... no problem no, we're kidding we're kidding don't worry anyways i digress um anyways let's get to it kyle what are you uh CeeLo green that grammy nominated guy who went to jail or whatever i forget whatever his name was talk to us what do you got CeeLo <laughs> green uh so CeeLo is someone that was a lot bigger than I think people realize he is. Uh, and I'm not talking him personally, I'm talking his career. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I have honestly never listened to a full album of his. Can honestly say the only song I know by him was his huge crossover hit, Fuck You. Only song I ever heard by him, gonna be honest. Uh, I did enjoy that song. But, you know, R&B and like soul, not really my go to music choices, just never really did much for me. So going into this one, I was not really sure what to expect. And to what might be Mike's surprise. Excellent choice, Mike. Yay. Uh, I'll start. Hey. This one off and I thoroughly enjoyed this one nice. quite a bit. I actually really liked this. Um, so I'll just go track by track here. JT, if you want to pull that up. Yep. Uh I only listened to the standard edition on this. I don't know about you guys. Yeah. Me too. Okay, Thank good. You. All right. So loved that beginning. Loved the intro. Really set the tone. Did not expect it at all. I don't know if this is what most of his stuff is like. I, I can't speak on that. But it really set the tone on here. Uh kind of sets like this old like spy James Bond 007 style thing going. Really fun, really enjoyable. Actually got me really excited for us to come here. Then we get to the first like actual song here. Uh, Bright Lights, Bigger City. 10 out of 10 track. This is so good. Has this massive modern pop sound with incredible synths and strings. But it also has like a retro disco vibe with some late 2000s EDM inspired pop. With even a hint of 90s boy band in some of the vocals really enjoyed it it has like even some like funk incorporation on this very well done incredibly well done uh continue to get me excited here and then you go on to fuck you which was as i said the only other song i knew by the only song i knew <laughs> by him uh the radio edit forget you <laughs> terrible censorship on that one <laughs> but i digress another 10 out of 10 absolutely love this song having revisited it after years of not hearing it blew me away i don't think i appreciated it much when it first came out because that was kind of when i was in my phase of like oh if it's not if it's not rock or if it's not heavy i don't want anything to do with it <laughs> um 
it's a fun song uh it's really the last radio hit mainstream radio hit that i can remember that actually incorporates like some true like funk aspects on it uh the closest i guess you would get now would be like dua lipa but even that is more toned down than this was very well done incredible opening to the album and then we do take a slight dip but nothing crazy on wildflower eight out of ten uh, it's not as exciting as the first two tracks still a really good song the hook is just not as memorable as it's presented feels a tad lengthy at times uh only thing i have to say on that is uh baby making music <laughs> wow. and then we get to and I, I don't know why i have a feeling that mike is gonna disagree with me here <laughs> worst song on the album only song on here that i dislike this song i really didn't like at all uh his this like marching band drummer boy beat in the background doesn't really work for me it doesn't feel like it fits in with the rest of the album uh his CeeLo's talking style vocals specifically don't work on this one I also feel like we have to address the elephant in the room here of all his accusations over the past 10 years all his uh, <laughs> rape and assault allegations really makes cer certain lyrics on here like the whispered portion at the end of let me touch you you taste so good just <laughs> really doesn't work it's even outside of all that, I'm talking just musically, it just comes off so cringe. It's so cringy on that. I don't like that. Uh, the thing that does save is it is followed by the ending with like this big band horn section. Kind of a weird choice, but it kind of works at the same time. Either way, the whole song just didn't, it felt kind of directionless at times. Other than that song, the rest of the album is only up from here again. Uh, love what did gun. you give that one out of 10? Uh, four. Okay. Four. I, yeah. Uh, Love Gun, seven. Uh, it picks the album back up in a way that I think it really needed to. Uh, kind of goes back to those like 007 spy theme vibes that were kind of lacking from the beginning. Probably the, after the second track kind of went away a little bit. Brought it back on that. It's not perfect, but it's a solid track. You know, it has it's a bit repetitive. Uh, the chorus isn't the strongest. I don't know how many times you could repeat Love Gun, You Shot Me, Baby. But uh, they, they found the maximum <laughs> limit, I guess. Uh, then we go to my third favorite track on here. So this album had three 10 out of 10s for me. We already did two of them. Satisfied is the other one. 10 out of 10 again. This song just has straight up Earth, Wind, and Fire style to it. Absolutely loved it. Uh, it has a groove that makes you want to dance. Uh, the backing vocals are excellent. I actually found myself dancing a little bit while doing the dishes listening to this last <laughs> night. <laughs> it's the perfect song to just put you in a great mood. And then you go to I Want You. Another fun song. Again, nothing groundbreaking. Pretty like by the books, R&B, pop R&B style. Really like the horns on this one. Chorus, not the catchiest. That's one thing on the album that I did notice outside of those few big songs some of the choruses tend to be not too memorable but again solid song eight out of ten then we get to i'd say probably my least favorite run of songs on the record not to say that they're bad just that they're pretty middle of the road cry baby and fool for you i kind of lump them together 
They're both six out of tens for pretty similar reasons. They're not tracks that I would find myself revisiting often, but in the context of the album, I wouldn't skip them. Like it's not a skip, but it's not one that I would put in a playlist. It's not one I would choose to listen to. They suffer from issues of being a little bit repetitive. Other than that, they're okay. There's nothing special, nothing bad. Uh, and then you go to It's Okay, which is a little bit better than okay. Uh, it's a nice little love song with a great retro soul sound to it. It's not a top tier song, but it's good. Uh, the vocal melody is really nice. Uh, the background vocals on this song, but particularly throughout the whole album, absolutely kill it. Uh, seven out of 10. Then old fashioned, we got a nine here. The only reason that I can't go up to a 10 on this one is just because of how it doesn't stand apart from the pack in terms of what it does. And what I mean by that is this is that slow dance wedding song that I feel like every R&B soul album needs. <laughs> I feel like you can't get away from it without having one. Here it is for this album. And it's very good. But there's nothing that really sets it apart from any of the other songs that do what it's intending to do. It's pretty by the books when it comes to that. But his voice sounds great on it. The instrumentals are awesome on it. Well done. And I wish the album finished stronger than it did. This is still a good song. Don't get me wrong. It's a seven. I think I just would have swapped the order of these two. I think I would have put this before Old Fashioned. This didn't really... It didn't even need to be here, really. You probably could have left this one off the album and it wouldn't have made much of a difference. I just think that ending it with Old Fashioned would have been a better choice. Kyle, it yeah. charted in Denmark. So, <laughs> it's I mean, great for Denmark. I like, mean, hey, it had to work really somewhere. Big on the, it's really big on the Denmark market. So, but again, I don't, it, like maybe... <laughs> it's one that would have worked, I feel, if it was like outside the context of the album. To me, this is the case of the placement in an album trying like bringing something down a bit so to me it brought it to a seven out of ten it's good i thoroughly enjoy the song but where it is on the album just doesn't really work and then you get to the outro love the guitar solo that's essentially throughout the whole thing very well done perfect end cap to the album so overall this album really delivered a more pop aspect than i was expecting it to i kind of expected going into it to have it be more just straight up R&B soul oriented. Um, the production on it is incredibly clean. The producers did a fantastic job. Looked like there were a few of them, a few different people throughout the album. Uh, immediately lifted my spirits from being in a bad mood. I don't think it's possible to be in a bad mood listening to this. <laughs> it's just a fun, nice, ruby album. Um, it really shines though on those songs that want you like that make you feel like you want to get up and dance. When it gets into those more upbeat tracks, that's where it really excels. Those first two songs in the beginning, absolutely knock it out of the park. Bright Lights, Bigger City, favorite song on here. That was so good. Blew me away when I first heard it. And yeah, when it hits those strides and it gets into that, it's incredible. So overall, there are there's one big misstep on it for me that I would skip. But other than that, it's a very well done record, even for someone that's not a huge fan of the genre. 
I would go back and revisit this album many times. Uh, actually got me kind of intrigued to see what else he has done, visit some of his other albums maybe. Uh, so I'm going to go, when I factor in the album listening experience, I'm going to go with an 8 eight out of 10 on this one. Way higher than I thought it was going to be, if I'm going to be honest. Uh, yeah, before you got into the room, we guessed, I guessed 6.5. And what did you guess, JT? Like a five. five. I wasn't sure. Yeah, I was at oh. 6.5. He was at five. And I mean, I'm, yeah, I'm blown away. I could not. I told you guys that. it was going to be an interesting one. <laughs> yeah, I thought you were going to, yeah, take a dump on that one. But damn. No, I there was actually go. pleasantly surprised with this. Wow. Well, the bar is set, Mr. JT. It's your. Oh. Uh, don't, don't walk goodness. into it, though. JT is coming in with a straight three out of 10. <laughs> this is a solid. <laughs> 2.85 no 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 um 3.14 cuz Celo likes pie so we're not in march yet mike and my dad's birthday my dad my dad's birthday is 317 or 318 whatever it's called whatever anyways besides the point though um so man you want to talk about first off k man proud of you I, I i literally thought you were gonna hate on this and it turns out we were completely wrong i thought i was going to too yeah <laughs> I, 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 this man give this man a medal or something like that <laughs> give him a grammy or an oscar or something at this point bravo to yeah. the or just make him in, into the character that's behind him like we'll just code him in metal and make him into a grammy you know the uh, kyle grammy kyle is a grammy kyle the, the, the kyler we're gonna call it the kyler, <laughs> the kyler. Exactly. Um, no. Um, anyways, my but now it's my turn. We're gonna take it back in for a second. This I'm in a similar vein with Kyle on this, and I'm not just saying because I know what with what I just heard. After listening to this album, you know, several times over before we did our, our broadcast and before we did our, our podcast tonight, I was in a similar boat. I was like, you know what? I, I know the song, the hit single off it was, you know, I'm not I'm gonna be I'm gonna censor myself, but F you, forget you, whatever. Uh, I know we already censor yourself when talking about this album. You know what? Damn right. (laughs) This this is that album. That song. Fuck you is so good. (laughs) Um. Anyways, no. Um. We try keeping PG thirteen, but in this case, not so much. Um. So I'm, but I only knew the song "Fuck You" by CeeLo Green. Obviously, the censored version is "Forget You" or "F You," whatever. I only knew that one song, and when I when I I remembered being on the radio. When it first came out, and I was like, it's catchy. It's got that, you know, drive and whatnot. And I, the title of the album always intrigued me because whenever I'd have it like on shuffle, because I have the, I have the one, the one song on my playlists and whatnot. But listening to the whole album from start to finish, give Mike a medal for this one. <laughs> this was a trip <laughs> in, in the best way possible. Let me, let me just read over the track listening for a second because there's a lot of really, really, really great. Pop songs, a little, some soul influence here, you know, a little R and B here and there, which I'm not opposed to. Like, there's certain R and B that I really love, and there's certain soul artists, soul that I really love too. Like, sort of like especially like in the you know the Motown era of music and whatnot in the '60s and '70s and stuff like that. But this was a refresher that I needed, especially me, because <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny. On my own time, I was like, you know, I'm listening to a lot of the same stuff. Like I'm listening to my, like my rock, my, my, my alt rock, my, you know, hard rock, my getting ready for some shows coming up next year and whatnot. And then I got tickets for and whatever, you know, food fighters, whatever. All right, you know, cool, cool. Then I listened to this record after Mike said, we're going to do this one. And I landed on his pick and I was like, 
man, what a trip this was. <laughs> this was a, a, a shocker because I only knew the song. Fuck you from the album. Um, I only knew that one song, but going back and actually listening to this album start to finish was unreal. It was something I feel like I needed in my musical life at the moment and this time. I'm not even kidding when I say this. I, I'm actually, I don't normally do this, but I'm going track by track here too. Uh, more than just stand out tracks. So there's a lot of really good stuff here. Um, the first thing that jumped out to me immediately was the first track is called the later lady killer theme intro. No, no, normally, like when an album has like a start or a finish, you know, like, a, like an, an intro or an outro, like piece of music, or whatever. Like, you know, we talked about the Paul McCartney album that had that. I was like, all right, you know, that always got me. I like that kind of stuff, too. This one took that to another notch. So starting off with that intro music of just the lady killer theme was bloody brilliant. It was so good. <laughs> Mike, bright lights and bigger city is going into my summer playlist. Hands down. <laughs> Incredible Bye. track. And to all the points that uh, to even more of the points that Kyle raised, it is, it's just, it's positive, like vibes, I guess you could say it's got that, like, it, it's a, it, it's an amalgamation. It's a combination of so many different genres in a, I can't even see the track. It's like a three minute, 38 second song. It's unreal. Mm. And then we get to, you know, the hit single off the on that charted so sky high in 2010 or 11, you know, fuck you. <laughs> Uh, this, and we don't mean to you, the viewer, the listener. We mean to the song. It's a great song. Um, <laughs> listening to it in context of the album made me realize, oh, this is actually a part, a, a, a missing piece to a greater puzzle that I found out with this album. Um, Wildflower bodies. You can definitely, you can. Uh, it's it is yes to Kyle's word. It is baby making music. That there's no. If you listen to the songs, you get around to it. They really truly are. You know, you want to, if you're looking to have some love in your life, then go to it, then go listen to those tracks. Um, <laughs> <laughs> one thing I'm not with, with Love Gun featuring Lauren Bennett. I'm not, normally I'm not a big fan of like when early 2000s pop or R&B or soul would have like sound effects, but the actual gunshot sound effects <laughs> in the song really, 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 when I first listened, I was like, oh my God, it literally is a love gun. Like, <laughs> like hey, <Yes>. why not? <laughs> It was actually really freaking cool. Um, and like the whole, it just, it was just, I was smiling. So mind you, my smiles got bigger and bigger as I listened to this album from start to finish. It was pretty funny. I was like, oh my God. And then my smile got bigger and bigger and bigger. Uh, Love Gun, great track, satisfied. It was good. And then it kind of, it didn't actually take a dip with like the track. It was like kind of like state for me, it was a little more consistent than I thought it was going to be. Um, I want you cry, baby fool for you. Like just the rest of the album just fell into play. And then le- ending on that outro, man, of just that, that incredible lady killer theme was just, man, I felt like I, I, I've never done drugs in my life. I can honestly say that, I can honestly say that, but I, I felt pretty damn high listening to this. It was great. <laughs> I was yeah, so happy. You weren't driving. No, 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 no. I was. Yeah. Yeah. Cause no marijuana. While I was there was some reports in the, in the county, but I don't know. Maybe it was <laughs> not you. Yeah. <laughs> like you just, you just disclose where we do all of our podcasts. Damn it! No, oh, my bad, my bad, man. Yeah, I mean, in the general globe, uh, there was general consensus is like yeah. they do drugs. What? No. In the northern, well, eastern, northern hemisphere, there was yeah. some problems. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> um, <laughs> listen, but I gotta say something to you, and I was, and I gotta say something about this album. But like from so it's this. I'm so at first when Mike said, you know, it landed on CeeLo Green's The Lady Killer, I was like, 
right, I know the hit single. I, I had very low expectations. I only knew the hit mm-hmm. single off of it, uh, you know, from 2011, which is, you know, God knows how many years ago at this point, which is crazy, but it's still played on radio for, to some extent. But this is a testament for showing that just because there's a hit single doesn't mean the rest of the album sucks or mm. isn't good. It isn't, yeah. you know, it doesn't shine as much. I am thanking every Jesus and God known to man that Mike <laughs> told us to listen to this because I would go back to it and many times over and listen to it from start to finish. Like I might show my girlfriend this album and she'd be like, huh, oh my God. Then she might actually bring back memories of her or she might find tracks that she would like too. You know, it's just, it, it, this album is a testament to show that just listening to a hit single can open up your mind to the album that in this case does have a lot of really, really, really other great solid tracks. Um, this was an awesome album to listen to. I was surprised about how much I enjoyed this. And like just 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 even talking about it just makes me smile just a little bit more mm-hmm. in today's day and age. I'm like, oh, CeeLo Green's The Lady Killer. Great album. You know, it's like it's it's it really brought a smile to my my week doing this leading up to our our show tonight. And I gotta say, this is it, it really like I can I cannot emphasize this point enough. It really does show that just because an album has a hit single doesn't mean the album just doesn't mean the album like is not any good. This I would go back and dive into other stuff. Like I like the most the best thing I can the closest thing I can compare it to in like the 2020s standards, if you will, is like an artist like Harry Styles for a second. I just want to bring him up for one second. Like he has a bunch a couple of hit singles or Ed Sheeran, another one. You know, they have like huge hit singles, but when you go back and listen to the whole album, it's a different, whole different experience in general. Like it's not just a hit, a hit song that really it, the hit song drives the album, but listening to the album has, you can find other great songs in the mix as well. And that's what I think that Mike did here for us with CeeLo Green's the lady killer. I mean, like you look at Harry Styles and with as it was, or Ed Sheeran with like shivers, or whatever, those are really solid albums too, that I actually really like as well. But without the hit single, I would have never heard about the album and, Thus, not going going down the rabbit hole in a certain sense. So this was a good rabbit hole to go down. I will say that. Thank you, Mike, for recommending this on the wheel. Seriously, dude, you're, oh, you're oh. killing it, bro. Uh, my rating <laughs> is actually going to be a nine out of ten. I was surprised nice. at how much I enjoyed this. I, nice. I thought I would go lower. I really thought I would go lower, but no, I was. Damn you, Mike. This is great album. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, oh, yeah. I've, I've said enough. I've said enough. But anyways, Mike, it's your turn with this masterpiece. <laughs> All right. All right. So this album's very nostalgic for me because uh um I played this on a lot of car trips. I it was the theme song to a like a summer and it was uh you know um it really punched me in the face when it came to like how much material like uh kind of like agreeing with what JT said uh that I could discover and when I watched like live clips of it like see a little performing acoustic uh, like literally uh, doing it in a different style. Like, I mean, it like really accentuated the idea of how diverse of uh, a album it was in the in the sense that it could fluctuate into different genres and different uh, uh, presentations of the, of the songs and and still almost come off uh, as if not better than it actually uh, was. And uh, 
yeah, like I found so much to chew on this album that it almost kind of overwhelmed me at first. And here's the craziest thing. The first song I skipped. Um, I don't know why, but when I got this album, I heard the beginning of it and I immediately skipped it for some reason. I, I can't I can't answer that. So I'm just going to pretend like we're in Mike's head as he's listening to this album. He went straight to the like the the you know past the intro past bright lights bigger city and straight to as you've all said fuck you uh not you but the song's name uh went straight to that song instant classic best song on the album for me uh best vocal performance involving CeeLo's range you really get this um this feeling of cleanness lack of um lack of uh you know like the um uh I can't my brain just went uh, blank. The uh, auto tune, his power in vocals and his power in writing songs that really kind of work alongside the genre of like the funk and uh, the modern beat like that he puts alongside a lot of these songs really kind of came together. And I mean, uh, Bruno Mars actually helped write this song. Another one of my favorite uh, artists uh, in the in the game, Bruno Mars, you know, CeeLo Green, you know, the Smeezingtons helped produce it. They pumped out a lot of songs in this genre. And this was just kind of a great kind of coming together of uh, of minds that helped um, write a, a very a song that takes some interesting turns and showcases some interesting uh, a bit of of just vocal performance and and uh you know orchestra accompaniment yeah 10 out of 10 you know but i'll come back uh, so uh, you know listening coming back to bright lights bigger city i immediately got billy jean uh vibes from michael jackson do 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 that bass line and after listening to that song i was like holy crap like it almost feels like an homage to to Billie Jean's uh, by Michael Jackson, but like with this whole nother complex kind of uh, orchestra, orchestral kind of, you know, just a company alongside of it. Um, and it really kind of was like a slow burn for me where like I didn't realize it was as good as it was. Um, the groove, the chorus, uh, it's a nine out of 10 for me. And it was like definitely one of those songs that I like kind of came back to and was like, holy crap, like, why did I skip over this? Maybe I was just excited to hear the, the the hit song, like JT said. I kind of like underestimated material to go straight to that. Um, so yeah, like yeah, you know. So we have a nine and a ten so far, and then we move on to like my most played song on this album, and that's the funniest part. That like you know, Kyle said it was kind of taking a dip here, nothing crazy, but like this was the song I played the most of this whole album besides obviously the title track one and uh for me it was it had a a atmosphere to it that really worked with like um being in the car um and just overall the groove the bass the like um the just overall atmosphere of it really uh was something that impressed me and even in the the even in the end of the song and if you listen very faintly in the background you almost hear like the way a video game has like that certain kind of uh quality to it with like the, the synths in the background they have a eerie kind of like alien feel to them uh in the background uh of this song that create a kind of mysterious feeling to it 
And that was something I got from Wildflower. And the lyrics are like Kyle said, they're very, you know, uh, baby making, uh, you know, uh, um, innuendo kind of like, you know, talking about picking a girl as like a wildflower, putting her on the table. Oh, boy, I wonder what he's talking about. But, um, you know, like, yeah, and like, it was, up, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, yes. Yeah. Opening up and let me in and OK, whoa, easy. All right. We only have so much time on this podcast. But uh, yeah, like it definitely it definitely has some some real like, you know, throwback to the old days of like, uh, you know, the R&B uh um loves you know that love the 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 riz song as the kids say today um but uh yeah this was one of my favorites on the album i love this song 10 out of 10 i listened to it so many times that it almost um it's attached itself to certain feelings you know like that i was going through at the time which is always an interesting thing when you're going through life and you listen to a song that begins to weave itself into those moments so yeah 10 out of 10. And then we hit the worst song on the album. Kyle, oh, yeah, Mike. this is a clunky, musically lacking track. Feels completely out of place. If you look at the writers, you'll notice if we go to that page uh, and we're on it. Uh, yeah, Salam Rami. God bless you. But, uh, you know, like, <laughs> I basically, this name, if you actually look at this name, he and he's part of the love gun one as well um kind of brings a certain jarring lack of direction lack of theme feel exactly what kyle said uh literally i was what the hell is this it's just this like directionless beat Lack it is of, so out of know. place on this album. It is. It feels like uh, he, he sat down with someone and he also produced it. The Salam Rami, uh, Salami, whatever. I don't know what his name is, but um, <laughs> I'm sorry. Excuse me. I'm not, I'm not reading it very well. God bless fun. you. But yeah, you. God bless you too, sir. Um, but yeah, and then you know, so that I mean that this this song really made me feel like uh, it was just like what, like someone worked with you on a song and brought in a completely different vibe that you really didn't need um and just yeah three out of ten i went a little even harsher than kyle it was one of those songs that i actually skipped over and um this is going to sound insane but i actually had to listen to it more for this review because i literally did not listen to it for the the inception of it like into my like my uh freaking discography or the, not discography my uh um library of music it was literally since its beginning it was literally something i skipped and had did not even want to hear it so I, I listened to it again just to make sure i was um like my rage was well met and it was um so yeah three out of ten horrible song um then we move on to love gun another song i did not like by the way, uh, Love Gun is another name for a penis. I don't know if you yep. guys realize that, but <laughs> yeah. like, like this is really like unnecessary kind of name yeah. for a song, but also it just made the, uh, the metaphor better. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Kiss. Right. I mean, you know, some people would say like, oh, no, it's like speaking about like, you know, like being love, loving towards someone. And uh, no, no. Nope. Anyway, yes. uh, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um it follows the same direction as bodies in that although i do agree with kyle it does introduce that kind of like um that that you know uh james bond kind of like 
swanky kind of like um jazzy feel to the uh, horns and the like but it's repetitive it does it's it's like upbeat but like it the accompaniment of those horns really does it no good it's a fun song if, if there's anything it has it's it's, it's a fun kind of upbeat like you know bah, 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 you know like this kind of like fun kind of uh beat and and horn accompaniment to it but it just goes nowhere it treads water on on kind of um lack of development to just repetitively kind of use the same uh thing over and over again and repeat the same thing over again it has character but it doesn't have development and you can have character and lack of development and still not be great it it does fit in the album more so than bodies but it fits to a level that just i really honestly would listen to if i if i was if people were in a room at a party right but they weren't paying attention to the music it was just kind of in the background i'd play this at a dinner like let's say uh at wedding at a wedding and people were eating i'd play this kind of in the background and it's just kind of like you know it doesn't really doesn't really develop a, a chorus that's memorable it just kind of has an upbeat kind of horn and section to it i'd play that um six out of ten still has some character to it it's not like bodies or anything but um yeah definitely it still fits in that in that realm of like a fun character song and then we get satisfied um this album this is where the album really thrives for me this is where uh this album really takes a seat in the in, like, in the driver's seat and and really drives the song with this um motown um jazzy bass uh you know kind of uh just bluesy overall feeling to the song it it's this is where it really thrives the horns the saxophone really stick out in the song um it makes for a fun upbeat tune um, a little repetitive during the chorus but it doesn't do damage to the song in that uh it like kyle said it gives you that good feeling it gives you that upbeat feeling that uplifting feeling um the writer is really focused on motown throwback style and this is really a great direction 10 out of 10 um one of my favorite go to go back to tracks after this part of the album so like you got that strong beginning you got that weak uh bodies in love gun and then you start this is where I feel the album really sits in the driver's seat and continues to do what it does best. And that's fuse the Motown and the, uh, that style. So you come back into, I want you nine out of 10, um, fuse great direction. Um, great beat alongside killer orchestras, uh, great chorus, um, chorus could be a little bit better, but, uh, not terrible. It's just not as good as the other songs. Um, really works in the car. Like once again, this is a car album, folks. If you aren't listening to this in the car, you're missing out. If you're listening to this over headphones, cool, but you need it needs to be a car album first and foremost before you continue to to give it um, revisit you know revisiting listens because it Amen. really is a yeah it's when those trees are going by and the river um, the sunsets it's like that's the stuff you need to be listening watching while this album happens and and it's the only way and then you know obviously you'll listen to it again um, but it really needs to be in that in that vein um so nine out of ten for i want you crybaby 10 out of 10 for me i really disagree with kyle in the sense that i felt the chorus was great for this um but i mean i can see where he could come across and not like that um this song had that cool sax and great lyrics the great the lyrics I, I love the lyrics to this song it's just kind of from the point of a man uh kind of taking all the blame and you know um you know just like uh that's 
something that I think all guys can understand. Um, really great chorus. Really works well with the momentum of the song. It continues that streak of that of this orchestral. Like once again, if y'all know me, Mike loves the orchestra. And when it's used correctly, we've talked about this in our past reviews. When it's not used correctly, I think we were talking about either Def Leppard or um, I think it might have been Def Leppard, right? Uh, with, uh, where I they think failed it was their orchestrated album. Yeah. Like an absolute example of how okay. using an orchestra just does not help songs, you know? And this is an example of how you can use an orchestra in the background and it doesn't overpower the song but it, it absolutely accentuates the song and brings it to the forefront. Um, I feel CeeLo Green's vocals here showing off with his power kind of solidifies him as a true vocalist without that use of autotune, as I said before, and it kind of shows here again. Um, Fool for You. Now, this one was an absolute freaking uh, breath of fresh air for the album for me. 10 out of 10. This one really hits home with its introduction of the R&B feeling, the slow jam that whole bass when i would play this in my car and i had the bass turned all the way up dude this thing buzzed the car with that bass in this song it is an earworm <laughs> has an earworm yeah it was like it it hits hard man if you haven't listened to this in the car once again this is a buzz bass r&b slow jam that just has that cool feeling to it um booming uh it just kind of punches you in the face um it really is amazing how his vocal, uh, one of the other top vocal performances in this song, especially that whole ending, has this real cool, almost almost Pink Floydian feeling with like the layers of the background vocals. Uh, like um, Pink Floyd always had those background uh, ladies vocals alongside the like bass alongside the guitar of the song. And this like does this whole kind of ending thing that I really think just kind of kicks ass and, uh, you know, Fool For You just takes the whole album in a different direction in the sense of like the R&B pure song, but has the orchestra kind of sitting alongside of it. That's just awesome. Uh, it's okay. Uh, another great chorus. Uh, once again, shows the Motown sound of the modern beat. Catchiness of the chorus is top notch. Another great song. Nine out of 10 for this. Um, this is a good song, you know, straight and forward to the point. Um, and then we hit old fashioned, like Kyle said, this is the, the kind of like the bluesy kind of like, you know, wedding slow dance song, uh, and slow, any, any slow dance, you know, it doesn't have to be a wedding, but you know, great song, great vocals, great lyrics, uh, a song, the album needed and Kyle, what Kyle said, it was you know, nothing more to be said about that. 10 out of 10, uh, it's just, it's just, you know, great song. And, uh, I always like going back to this one because it slows things down, but just doesn't lose any substance, if, you know, if that makes any sense. Sometimes when you lose upbeat, you lose a little bit of substance because, you know, the upbeat kind of keeps things get rolling, but this just keeps, you know, packed in. And then we're hit with a, a song I never really liked, uh, not hated, but never really loved. Uh, no One's Gonna Love You, 7.5 out of 10. A cool beat alongside a decent chorus, but doesn't really take off, doesn't really go anywhere uh, that I wanted it to. A decent song. And then we're hit with that outro. Great outro, intro. I mean, the whole vibe of this, the album, the whole theme of the album, you know, the staying to that theme. Uh, great bodies, obviously, we're not going to speak of because it's an abomination. 
But um, yeah, like overall, this album is just one consistent lump of great songwriting, um, a bunch of uh, great writers coming together. I mean, CeeLo Green and, and Bruno Mars on the same track. I've listened to others that I love too. But uh, I mean, yeah, man. Uh, or, I mean, Fraser uh, Crane played. No, it's not Fraser Crane. No, right. Fraser T. Smith. Excuse me. He he was in on he was in on some of the songs that I really uh liked. He's you know, doing those tossed whole- salad and scrambled eggs, Mike. Yeah, that's right. Have yourself a chef salad. All right, but um, exactly. yeah, like uh, <laughs> overall for me, yeah, nine out of ten. This was an absolute. You know, uh, it had so many high points. It had some um, a couple of low points with like you know this and that. Um, but it's like you know, yeah, nine out of ten. One of my uh all time favorite albums when it comes to something that I'm not I wasn't ready to listen to because I like I did a lot like what you guys said I just heard CeeLo Green I immediately thought of uh you know um what's that other song that he's done in the past um oh, crazy, crazy which yeah. crazy which is a good song it's just like I thought it was gonna be like rap I thought it was gonna be like no offense to rap and stuff like that but um I do like myself an album that uh kind of showcases the r&b and like um the motown sound versus just r&b and if it had all r&b stuff on it and it just kind of lacked that diversity of of like the bright lights uh bigger city actually was one of the more modern songs on the album it felt like uh michael jackson meets like um just kind of that beat of today's music the modern pop song it brought a lot of things together and melded them into one and it was probably uh the most modern song on the album and the rest of them have the motown throwback soul feel and then you know some slow jams of r&b but uh overall it's just a great mixture of that and uh, she really shows the songwriting of you know of CeeLo and unfortunately if uh, I mean I don't have a hundred percent you know confidence on this but looking f- ahead he definitely fell off a cliff and that could end up in a landslide but still he fell off a cliff and and it he did not return to form I know his previous work definitely uh had some strength to it but from what I heard and his next couple albums, he did not even come close to holding a flame to this. And, uh, you know, he did one about Robin Williams. I don't know if you remember that, but it was like really just strange. And it did I not, do not remember that. Oh, it's very strange. If you haven't a chance, listen to CeeLo Green's Robin Williams tribute song. It feels so uh, like it lost focus of what it really wanted to do and um, was just confused. Um, you know, but overall, yeah, man, this was uh it's definitely one of my uh you know go to uh song, you know, R and B Motown kind of influenced new albums that I would um first thing I would do when I would talk to someone about music, I would immediately, you know, there's a couple different albums I immediately shoot off as kind of like, hey, you know, like when I go when I talk about Beardfish, you know, that's more of a like these days. Uh I would just shoot off kind of like those songs like um that have kind of hit me hard. And this was one of those albums at the time. So, yeah. Perfect. So, and you gave it a nine out of 10, right? Nine out of 10. Yep. Cool. There it is. And Kyle's the villain. No, that's a, that's a villain, villain I'm willing That's a villain I'm willing to accept because at least, you know, he, it's a, it's a villain with like uh, some valid points that there's some songs on there that I think I have uh, guilty, not guilty pleasure. That's an incorrect word. I wouldn't say guilty pleasure, but I would say I'm you extra. Yeah, I'm extra like sensitive to certain elements of a song that I think 
uh, impress me. Whereas you might be like, cool, but like, I wish there was more of this or that. And it completely could see that. So I don't call it a villain. I just call it a, you know, the, uh, the lesser I'm an anti-hero. <laughs> you're the no. guy in the behind you. You're 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 the problem. It's you. What are you talking about? You're the problem. Sure. You're the problem. <laughs> exactly. Anyways, um, uh, did you want to spin the wheel? Or where, what was our next week's one? We had um, Blink One Eighty Two next week. That's right. That's right. I thought Blink One Eighty Two. We'll get to your. We'll get to your song soon here, Kyle. I swear to you, it's gonna happen <laughs> one day. <laughs> one day, it's gonna be all that's left on the wheel. Oh my god. Do you god. guys want to add some more songs of ours in there just to no. kind of pop? No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. Oh my uh, god. Guys, but wait, yeah. my songs didn't get guys. No. Wait, we that. forgot about Kyle. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> take me back. No, I'm just kidding. Um that's gonna do it for us. Thanks so much for Mike for having this pick, of course, on the wheel. It's a total shocker for us. It was hey. definitely a surprise no matter what. And I want to thank Kyle, of course, for you know doing this kind of like both of them for doing this podcast in general with me um i want to thank you all for watching listening however you enjoyed us tonight uh if you like what you've heard or seen or heard here subscribe to us on youtube and don't forget to follow us on podcast format as well simply at the superview show podcast edition um this guy down here is, is uh is your podcast coming back in or no uh eventually okay eventually <laughs> i have it um i have the first few episodes recorded just have to edit them and put them out there yeah you're recovering Perfect. from wedding, uh, wedding Zilla Don mm. 5000. Yeah, yep. well, yeah, and it was a great wedding, seriously. Kyle's yes, wedding was awesome, you. so yeah, um, but yes. yeah, so tune in next week. Next week is going to be Blink 182's One More Time, their most recent release that just came out. So, uh, just tune in next week if you want to hear more about that. So, uh, but uh, for all of us here at the Super Show's Career Perspectives, stay safe, take care, and be awesome.